Hi guys, it's Susie with Adaptive Mobility Services coming to you with another You Ask, We Answer series. The question today has to, come, has to do with our right hand controls. So today's question comes from a fabulous OT driving specialist in New York who wants to know specifically about the right hand control options for her driving rehab vehicle. Give me just a second. I just realized I started this recording and I'm sitting next to the wind chimes, so it's a little noisy. So stepping away so you can hear me a little bit better. All right, so Kim's question is about right-hand controls. Her driving rehab specialist vehicle currently has a variety of left-hand controls, and she's wondering, could the right-hand controls also be start installed in the vehicle? And the simple question to that is, yes, most likely. Um, a lot of the different vendors who make or manufacturers who make the different hand controls actually have instructor sets now where you can have both left side options and right side options. When you're exploring right side hand controls, you wanna think about your vehicle, the type of vehicle that they're going into and the space over there on the right hand side. So one of the ones that I particularly like a lot is the Mobility Innovation right hand control. It's actually from their Weigel series. And what I like about it is this hand control doesn't connect to the steering column, but rather connects to the seat base. So it's basically floor mounted versus column mounted. I like this for a variety of different reasons. One, um, the positioning then of the mechanical rods for the brake and the gas are very low and actually tend to run alongside of the inside of the um, kind of the driver's side cockpit, if you think about it, you know, the seating space. I also really like that um, with this hand control, when it becomes more floor mounted versus column mounted, you're, you don't require as much shoulder extension. So it's a more resting position for the arm. A lot of times I work with right-handed individuals who have had some kind of shoulder injury, you know, rotator cuff injury, um, pull, tear, tweak along the way. We do lots of things in our lives that can cause repetitive motion, strains, you know, even myself included, I find steering with my right arm to be very fatiguing. So and when, when I hit that situation with a client, I often explore the right hand control where their shoulder isn't as flexed. Um, they can basically rest it on the hand control. And with the Weigel options, you either push to break and pull to go or push to break or, and uh, twist down which is a really sweet option. I really like that one a lot. So um, thinking about when you might use a right hand versus a left hand, I also really like a right hand control for individuals who've got uh, you know a lot of legs, a lot of leg real estate, because again, we're removing the rods underneath the steering column. I also love with the right hand control seat mount that it doesn't impact the steering column. So, you know, if the vehicle's being shared between spouses or partners or family members or whomever, you can still have the flexibility of adjusting the steering wheel in and out, up and down. We're not attaching the hand control to the steering column, and so it's not fixing that piece. Another bonus is I have found that usually with the seat mount right hand control, you don't need to cut into the lower dash. I know a lot of people don't want to do that, and a lot of mechanics out there are really skilled at making that look nice and also minimizing any cutting to the dash on the driver's side. Um, but it's, it's just a really simple, easy fit. It's not drilling into the floor at all of the vehicle itself. Um, so lots of, in my opinion, lots of pros to the right-hand control. Now, the next question came in, you know, is it harder to learn to drive with the right hand versus the left hand? And what's interesting is for years, I was always taught 
you know, you want to use your dominant hand for steering. So that would mean the right hand and then your non-dominant for, for gas and for brake. Um, and I kind of wonder in my head if that theory came about because we predominantly had left hand controls. You know, the first hand control I remember learning to use was the left hand push right angle, which truth be told is not my favorite <laughs> hand control. Um, but that's what we had as an option. So it's interesting, right? So we had kind of this theory and what I have found just over the years is the right hand control is very intuitive and a really nice solution for a lot of people. So if you think about it and think about your own driving habits, a lot of us, even if we're right-handed dominant tend to steer with our left hand. So steering with the left hand becomes a very natural thing steering with the left hand and getting the turn signal on is more of a natural thing for many people. I mean, you know, think about it. That's personally, that's because I'm holding my coffee in my right hand or, you know, doing something else with my right hand, right? Turning on the radio, whatever it might be. So having, um, I find that steering with the left hand becomes very intuitive. And then as a result, using your right hand for the gas and the brake is very easy as well especially if the driver has had any kind of experience driving with a manual transmission, which of course is becoming a less and less um, available option. But, you know, I work with individuals who drive all kinds of different mechanical equipment. They're used to shifting with that right side, gas brake with the left, I'm sorry, the right side. And so learning a right-hand control becomes very, very easy for them. Um, I will say, you know, it's kind of interesting because maybe in the world of driving rehab, what I found is the right hand tends to use, require a little less training than the left hand. So it is cutting into my business, but I'm not really sure that matters to me because the customer satisfaction is so high. And that of course, for me is what's most important. Um, I've been able to work with mechanics also because I thought, oh, maybe the right hand control will be an obstacle if we have somebody who's getting into a minivan and transferring, you know, using a six-way transfer seat, um, you know, how is that going to work, right? Because the one that I, I like, this this Vigal seat mount one, you know, how do we do it? And in those situations, the mechanics have come up with other solutions where they're able to mount the hand control on the permanent fixture of the vehicle, not the seat that's moving. And if you've had any experience with a six-way transfer seat, you can kind of envision what I'm talking about. But I wanted to make sure that the right hand control wasn't going to become an obstacle and an interference when they were using their transfer seat. So I had a gentleman with lower extremity neuropathy, a lot of issues in his right shoulder where shoulder flexion and internal rotation and adduction were a challenge, but beautifully did so beautiful with the push pull, um, the Vigal push pull. And so for him, with his neuropathy, he was also going to be using a power mobility device. He already had a van with remote entry, remote ramp, um, where we come up and then he'd get into a six way transfer seat. And we had to think and problem solve okay, we don't want to add a hand control now that's going to impede his transfer into the car. And for him, because of his shoulder challenges, that kind of one to two inch difference. And it's very, it's a very small difference in most cars, my experience between the height of the column mount versus the seat uh, or, you know, the floor mount one, but that little bit of difference made the world for him. Right. And so getting the lower one in there, we were able to figure out a method. So another great um, highlighting case story of how it's so important to think about 
the ingress, the egress, and working closely with your mechanics to make sure that the equipment you're thinking about for somebody and wanting to install actually is going to work for them. So, um, you know, I, I will tell you, I wasn't initially a fan of the right hand control. I was a skeptic. It, <laughs> it's something that took a while for me to add to my car, um, but I'm so glad that I have. Um, and I would definitely explore this option and talk to your manufacturers and installers to find out what opportunities there might be for your vehicle. Um, it's definitely doable to have both sets, um, to have the different options. I have left side column mount hand control options that can go into my car. So now I've got uh, push pull, push rock, push right angle on the left. And on the right, I have push pull and push twist. So there's definitely options out there. I think it's great to explore. Um, I've had clients in the past I've turned away because I didn't have a right hand control. They had a shoulder injury and that's the one they really, really needed. Um, so I'm excited to bring it into our repertoire and options for the clients. I hope this information helps you guys out. As always, I definitely recommend, you know, try before you buy. If you're thinking about adding something like this to your vehicle, find another driving specialist or find another vehicle that has the equipment in there so you can test drive it. Conferences are a great place where you can do that. The Association for Driver Rehab Specialists has a great conference annually where you can sign up and you know, test drive equipment, which is just a fantastic way to try the stuff before you buy it. They're all a little bit different. They all work a little bit differently. Each person I found is a little bit different as well. Um, you know, we all have something we love a little bit more than the other, but we, you know, we have our favorites, but we like to have our options. So if you're exploring this, I definitely think it's something to think about. Um, you know, partner with your equipment vendor and manufacturers to find out what could fit into your vehicle. Try before you buy and let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear what you guys uncover along the way. All right. This has been another episode of You Ask and We Answer. Again, we are on a mission to spread information to the world about the role of occupational therapy with driving rehab, as well as to support occupational therapy driving specialists across the United States and across the world as they tackle different problems and have different questions. We uh, you know, certainly don't always have all the answers, but we do our best to connect you with any information we can find. So please keep those questions coming. You can send your questions to Susie, S-U-S-I-E, at adaptivemobility.com, or you can send it through the Facebook page. Um, our private page is Driving Rehab for the OT, and the public page is Adaptive Mobility Services, LLC. All right, keep those questions coming in. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. I firmly believe that occupational therapy practitioners who address driving change lives. From the OT in the clinic to the OT specialist in the car, what you do makes a big difference. We all love to get around, so keep it up. Keep thinking about mobility and keep those questions coming. Have a great day. Bye-bye.